And now, The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. Hi, and welcome to The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I'm Attorney Jen Rout, and with me as always is my undecided sidekick, Ben Needenthal. That's probably accurate, but you know what? I would bet uh, I'd bet you're kind of in the same boat that I am. Maybe. Yeah. Are, have you picked up that we're still talking about <sighs> elections and voting? Yes, we oh. are, because it's just never-ending. I can't watch a single YouTube video without seeing a goddamn political ad right now. Yeah. And here... In Ohio, we live in what's called a swing state. Yay! Which Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, we they love are us. inundated with political advertising, and it's just it's it's so contentious and weird here. If you're if you live in the Netherlands, God bless it. I, can we move in? <laughs> Come visit, really, please. For like a month and a half more. <laughs> like, my cousin just went to Australia to live for the next couple of years, and like it really? sounds so nice and everything, and. She's like, the people here are so friendly, and it's awesome. So, we yeah. have friendly people here. We just have pol- politicians <laughs> that like to throw crap yeah. at each other. And every four years, it's all the, all the ugliness gets aired <laughs> out in the wide world. So, yeah. yeah. So, it's fun times. So, hey, folks, let's talk about politics. and, and No, let's not no. talk politics. Let's no. talk about voting. Let, let's talk about voting yeah. um, and where we're at and why this is important as a right and how we got to where we're at. Right. Okay. So, last episode, uh, we talked a lot about constitutional rights. We did. And one of those constitutional rights is the right to vote. Yes. And that's what puts the president and the co- and Congress into office. Right. Um, outside of that, they get to appoint It's essentially, people. It's, for the most part, it's kind of what makes laws happen in this country, not necessarily directly, unless it's a, a bill that's proposed to create a law in a state or something like that you know but in this situation the people that are put into office are the lawmakers for the most part right now the constitution gives the right to vote right okay and initially that was the right i just explained all that that's like fucking government 101 but yeah that's right (laughs) not even like american (laughs) government 101 that's just government you know right so democracy you know, Article One of the Constitution gives us the right to vote, says who we're voting for. States, however, get to put some limitations yeah. on that. Um, so really, our first amendment for voting was the 15th Amendment to the Constitution that allowed African-American men to vote. Right. Okay. But not really. <laughs> yeah. No. Because what happened is a lot of the states then required poll taxes and literacy tests and other means that made not only African-American men, but anyone of a certain socioeconomic class unable Basically, to vote. Basically, the literacy thing alone was, I mean, that would weed out a whole bunch of people right there because at the time exactly. not everybody was literate. Exactly. So really this focused on keeping the poll folk. Right. <laughs> right. We got to keep yep. anyone who was economically not wealthy out right. of the polls. Right. Um, and Being suppressed be- by the man. Right. Um, So that was a big problem. Women, obviously, weren't allowed to vote. Um, So that was changed by the 19th Amendment to the Constitution, ratified in 1920. Um, African Americans were um, the 15th Amendment. uh, 
happened before that. I just came blanking on what year. Sorry. Um, and then you don't have all these years memorized. No, I don't. I should. I'm blanking on the year. Twenty um, Fourth Amendment Why then would you happened. Have all these memorized. I, I, I don't know, right? Um, but so basically, fifteenth and nineteenth, African Americans and women. However, the literacy and poll taxes still created a problem, right. both for African Americans and women. Right. Um, because again, literacy not a main focus. Right. And a lot of women didn't get to go to school. African Americans didn't go to school. Um, create a lot of problems. So finally, <laughs> nineteen or the Twenty Fourth Amendment, um, which was finally came about in nineteen sixty four, eliminated poll taxes. So the taxes alone all of a sudden allowed African Americans to vote because that was a primary barrier to voting in federal elections. Okay. Um, so that helped greatly. Um, and then lastly, the last amendment that affected voting was um, the 26th Amendment, which happened in 1971. That lowered the voting age for all elections to 18. Okay. Okay. So that gets us to where we're at. Everyone now... Right to vote, 18. But yet the states continued to do naughty things. Damn it, states. Ah, yeah. So there was the Voting Rights Act of 1965, um, which prohibits the voting, uh, prohibits states from making voting practices and procedures that discriminate based on race, color, or membership and language minority groups. Um, so that's a big one. We then have another act, 1984, the Voting Accessibility for Elderly and Handicapped Act, which generally requires polling places to be accessible to people with disabilities. Um, 1986, Uniformed and Overseas Absentee absentee Voting is essentially what we added there. Um, I know a lot of people that do that now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and you figure the amount of people that are stationed all over the world. Yeah. Makes even, sense. even just for business, you live here, but you travel for business, sometimes you just can't get to the polls. Yep. So the absentee ballot ballots have actually really increased um, voter turnout. Um, also, also in 1993, we had the National Voter Registration Act, which made it much easier to register to vote. Um, before that, it was kind of a pain. Um, and then they've since then, there's also been some funding acts that just help Americans vote. So those are all good things. Um, but that being said, states can still limit. Um, two-thirds of the states require identification. Um, Seems fairly reasonable. Right. And that identification can be a number of things. Obviously, um, it can be you know, something simple like um, your ID, your driver's license. We'll use Ohio as an example. Ohio, it's an unexpired driver's license, an unexpired photo ID issued by Ohio or the U.S. government, so your passport Mm -hmm. would work, a military ID as well. Um, If, for some reason, you don't have an ID, which everyone should really have an ID, but Mm -hmm. okay, that gets into another thing. Maybe you just don't believe in them and you walk everywhere. Um, You could use a current (laughs) utility bill, bank statement, paycheck, government check, 
but it has to be something that includes your name and address. Shopping card from Ralph's. No, can't go that far. <laughs> um, or basically any other government document that shows your name and address. That could also be your tax return. Yeah. Um, in Ohio, you have to be registered to vote, um, must be a U.S. citizen, and you have to have an Ohio address. You also have to be 18 by Election Day. Hmm. So um, I think Election Day is November 8th yes. this year. Um, oh, I can't come fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to be registered. I believe our drop-dead date for registration was actually yes, or um, earlier in October. Okay. So I think it was October 10th. 11th. I think that's the case, yeah. Um, so if you aren't registered by now, too late. Yep, tough. Um, but if you were registered, you could register when you're 17. Okay. As long as you turn 18 by election day. Um, so that, I think, is all important. Um, I have two cousins that turned 18 this year, and this is their first election they get to vote in. Aww. Yeah. Are they excited? Would you be? No. <laughs> In fact, I'm not excited. I'm, yeah. <clears throat> I'm concerned. <laughs> I, I asked them, what is like, so what are you going to do for voting? And they're both like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that that's, seems like that's most people. Yeah. Seems, yeah. seems to be a common concern. Yeah. Um, or it's either, I don't know, because you're disgusted, or I'm voting for this one because I'm against the other one. Yeah. Scary yep. thought. Yep. All scary thoughts. Um, so let's think about this whole two-thirds of the states require yeah. some sort of identification. So wait a minute. So that basically implies that a third of Does the not. United States, and do we know what states those are? Is that, uh, there's a list. I don't know yeah. off the top of my head. I mean, that's that's a sizable portion of the United States. Uh-huh. Millions of millions people. Millions and millions of people that are not required to show any kind of form of identification. No, nope. You just say I'm your name saying, and address. Yeah, that just seems like that's Well, but so in Ohio, Ohio, we didn't have to show our IDs um, until recently. I guess, I mean, to me that just... I guess maybe it's a knee-jerk reaction to say that that's something that we should absolutely do. I But, I mean, it, 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 does it increase the amount of fraud in those states? It seems like it would. It seems like, you know. I don't think so. You know. You're Betty Johnson showing up to vote, and Betty Johnson's 85 and in a nursing home. Yeah, yeah. And you're faking it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, it concerns. See, now you sound like me, the conspiracy theorist here. Well, yeah, but, I mean, realistically, we have the right to vote. We don't have to exercise it. Right. We may be registered, but then we don't have to show up. So right. what if sh somebody else shows up in our stead? Yeah, very true. Right. That's a yeah. concern. Um, and there's been additional laws that really help with accessibility, um, and those I really like. Um, you have a right to vote uh, privately and independently. Mm. And no one else gets to see your vote. So that's why, at least in Ohio, you get a little booth that you stand in where you get to see and you get to hit the buttons because it's now electronic. Others, there's still paper. And yeah. Actually, there's some counties in Ohio, I think, might still have some paper ballots out there. Um, that's you, terrifying. You go into a private booth regardless um but for people with disabilities 
that can be an issue. Sure. Um, so there are laws that protect against that um, that still require the voting polling place, basically, to help you vote privately and independently, but you have to have accessible polling place. So that means that anyone with disabilities can get in. It's not an old church that only has stairs, yeah. for instance. Um, so they have to be, there has to be a wheelchair accessible voting booth, entrance doorways that are at least 32 inches wide, handrails on all stairs, voting equipment that is accessible to voters who are both blind and visual or visually impaired. Um, also, you have to be able to be able to ask for assistance from a worker or bring someone to help you to vote if you have a disability. Hmm. Um, so you could bring your aid yeah. with you to help you vote. Um, so those are all, I think, pretty important um, additions. Um, you can also ask your local election officials to tell you about other options available. Um, some states offer what's called curbside voting mm -hmm. in which a poll worker brings all the voting materials out to your car yeah ohio does not have that that sounds kind of nice though right it's like going to mcdonald's yeah. drive-through voting oh my god yeah. can you imagine that's what that's we what we have to do in this country voting yeah um <laughs> Right. Some locations apparently have set up mobile polling places at long-term care facilities. Now, hmm. that I like. Yeah. If you set up a, we're going to have voting at each of these facilities from one time to another, and you have, like, a mobile polling place. Right. And it just stops at each long-term care facility. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. I don't believe we do that in Ohio, but right. really, that's pretty cool. Um, we do offer the absentee ballots. That, yeah. That's a nice thing. Um, and then lastly is language. So one of the big things that everyone likes to say is English is the language of the United States. We actually don't have an official language. Yeah, that's very true. We have never voted on that. It's not in any federal law. It should be Klingon. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you going to bust into some Klingon? No, actually, okay. I'm not I'm not that kind of a nerd. God. Yeah. No, I'm actually not that kind of a nerd. Uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. But, no. Um, but, no, it's no. It's an interesting point. You know, it's like, you know, that's what most people in this country do speak, but it's not an official language. It's not. And we've got so many people from other countries. I mean, the country, this country is built on immigrants. I mean, it. True. we are all immigrants. We're all sons of immigrants. Well... Most, for the, for the most part. There are some indigenous peoples here and everything like that. But, you know, it's so, yeah, multiple languages. Right. So you can um, get the federal voting guide in 11 different languages, the National Mail Voter Registration Form, mail, M-A-I-L, mail in the registration <laughs> form, um, is also available in 10 languages. So that's that's important things. Um and so that's really in an effort to bring everything together and help you vote if you want to exercise that right. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of also criminal penalties if someone commits, for instance, voter fraud or voter registration fraud. Um, it's illegal, uh, especially, um, not especially, but 
when you use the name of a dead person or someone who's moved. <laughs> As it should be. Right. I mean, that's um, pretty awful. Right. Absolutely. Um, and again, if you think about it, there's a lot of fraud that happens in this world anyways. True. Yeah. So in our in the right that puts the people who have the power to make decisions in office, don't we want to protect against fraud? Yeah. And it's different today than it was 100 years ago and when yeah. they made these laws initially. Yeah. Because you know, everyone knew you were John Smith. Yeah. Of there Apple weren't that Valley. many people. Yeah. Right. Now, millions of people and anyone could pass away hundreds of millions of people and and it's you know you know two-thirds of the states don't require any form of id and not to mention there's just a lot of i guess fraud and like you said yeah just right yeah and they are trying to curb voter fraud yeah i mean i think we all well maybe we don't all remember but there was a lot of allegations of voter fraud yeah after a certain president was reelected. yeah um Yep. Because everyone screamed, it's not possible. Yeah. But yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. It's right. very possible. It Anything's happens. possible. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I don't think most people realize is the Electoral College. Yeah. Uh, so this is a hot button for a lot of people. Um, the Electoral College is a essentially a group of designated voters so each of our votes get calculated into a formula yeah um so you get so many designees at the electoral college right and for the presidential election we're talking about here this so. is this is one of those things like in high school i we learned about it in high school jen and i both went to the same high school i remember i remember oh. learning about it in high school but I didn't pay attention to it in high school, and it wasn't until, like, later on in my life when I kind of went, oh, that's what it does. Right. Because once you kind of realize what it actually does, you lose a little bit of faith in the system, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I did, anyway. I don't know about you, but... Well, okay, so let's think of it first from a historical perspective. It was created at a time when there was no email... A letter would take months to get to someone. Mm -hmm. It was difficult to vote. Yeah. We didn't have instantaneous anything. Right. Okay. So each state would get so many votes in the Electoral College, and that's based on the number of representatives you have in the House and Senate. Right. Okay. Um, and that's primarily, and actually not primarily, that is based on your population. Right. Okay. So that's why it's so important to win any given state. Right. Um, and that's why you hear about the swing states and why, oh, if we get inundated with all of this super fun stuff right now because we as o in Ohio are a swing state. It's because we have a fair amount of votes and we have gone both ways. Yeah. Republican and Democrat there. Yeah. Um, in the past. So we're a swing state. Um but if you think about it historically, that kind of makes sense. We get the tally. Mm -hmm. It gets certified. It gets sent over to the Electoral College, who is designated to cast the votes for the state. Right. Okay. Maybe you could argue this is perhaps a little 
antiquated, but it is what it is, um, which is why you can see the populist vote vote one way right and the electoral college vote another way yep it is rare (laughs) yeah super super rare but basically if any can either candidate for president wins a state they win all of those votes from the electoral college right um for that state so that's important right and the numbers are there it's certain states are worth more than others um and but again based on population right but to me anyway the way i see it is that's it's that means any vote that is cast in that state is almost kind of by proxy because you know they're it could go a different direction anyway so it's like it, your vote doesn't actually get counted unless it's you know the electoral college is on the same side as you right but only for presidency right but let's keep that in mind so right. Your vote counts for your congressman. Right. Um, so your Senate and your House of Representatives yep. representative. Um, there are a total of 538 electors in the Electoral College. Right. Um, and that's because there's 435 representatives in the House, 100 uh, senators, plus the three uh, electors allocated to D.C. Um, so that's all important because Washington, D.C., where we house everything is an estate. I always find that interesting. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're battling, f- these two candidates are battling for um, electoral college votes. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically all they're doing. And, you know, it's the states that make a big difference are, you know, the ones that they tend to focus on more than anybody else and a lot of them kind of are just already assumed to go one way or the other right in the past traditionally that's been the case right this year it may actually be different just because of the polarizing nature of this election right so like for instance california has the most electoral votes they also have the highest population so they have 55 electoral votes right they almost always go democrat almost always so there's not a lot of campaigning there. Right. Florida, 29. Ohio, 18. Pennsylvania, 20. Um, and Illinois, 20. Those are all right. pretty s- swing states. It's, They've gone both ways. If our country is a monopoly board, we are like the Park Avenue <laughs> <laughs> on the monopoly board. You know, we're the, right. we're the valuable properties to pick right. up for. Right, because a, it could go either way. Right. Whereas, like, Texas, 38 electoral votes, pretty historically Republican. Right. New York State, 29 votes, pretty historically Democrat. Right. So you have your states that historically show one way or the other. Well, you're not going to spend your money yeah. in those states. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Why, you know, if you notice, the candidates aren't visiting Texas a whole lot. <laughs> it's a big state. Yeah, it's a huge state. They're not going to California a whole lot no. either. Nope. Um, but yet Hillary Clinton comes here. Trump comes here. They actually, they were both in t- in the state um, yeah. the week of October 10th. Yeah. Yeah. Both in state, which yeah. makes traffic here a nightmare. Oh, God, it's awful. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, so that's really how that works. Now, your Congress and Senate, you're electing directly. Right. 
So those were just going for the popular right. vote, yeah. essentially. Um, and they only control the federal stuff. A lot of people discard the local elections. Yeah. Which is actually, from what I understand, not the wise thing to do. It's actually no. more wise to vote in the local elections than it is in the big elections because the local stuff actually affects you. Directly. Directly yeah. affects you. Like, you know, the big federal laws, I mean, it's if they do affect you, it's not super often. But the local stuff, absolutely. Right. I mean, they affect the federal laws affect, I'm going to call them the big things. Yeah. The general big things interstate commerce um protecting t- us from terrorism or invading your privacy yeah depending, depending on, on where depending you're on at what with side that, you come you on know, u.s patriot act yeah you know, goes both ways um all of those things right the local laws affect for instance how you vote right what are the limitations yep what hoops do you have to jump through to be able to vote on a election day yeah um, all of your penalties for most of your crimes. Yeah. Judges. No one looks at judges. <laughs> yeah. No one ever pays attention to judges. You see, it's here so in Ohio, we see signs up for judges all over the place, but it you never see any ads on TV for it, and most of the judges that run, most of them just kind of get in, right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of how it works. Well, it's it's generally name recognition, yeah. which is why judges get reelected so yeah. often because you've seen their name. Right. But you may not know where they stand. And one of the super fun things is we don't get to tell you which party the judges are affiliated with because they're <laughs> supposed to be neutral. Yeah. In general, judges are always affiliated with a party somehow. Right. And so you don't know if they're more conservative or more liberal unless right. you really check them out. Right. Um, it's in which is, can be a complicated process, too. It can and, be because they can't honestly, just claim it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, party lines is one thing, but it's I mean, you got to kind of look at like their voting record and everything like that. So it, it gets not voting record, I guess. What would be the record? Their precedent history i don't know what the hell what, see i'm well, just pulling you, legal terms right. out of you my ass you can look and see how if they've already been <laughs> a judge you can look and yeah. see how they've ruled on things that's yes there you go so that's their case precedent yes yes um you can also if they haven't been a judge you can look at their other affiliations and generally figure out which party they're with yeah um Plus, they all put out kind of a, I don't want to say a policy statement because that's not really what it is with a judge. But, I mean, Hmm. you know, all judges are going to say they're tough on crime. (laughs) In general, I think most people don't want criminals running around. Tough on crime is like the drywall of of running for any kind of office. We're tough on crime. He's tough on crime. Is he? Really? Never see somebody go... You know, <laughs> crime's cool. You right, know, we're good. <laughs> you know, don't even so. worry about it. Yeah, yeah. We don't. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. silly. Perfect. All sorts of silliness yes. there. Um, but yeah, so you have to really delve into those. Yeah. But those people are really shaping the law in your area. Right. Um, so it's important to get to know the local yeah. candidates. And don't. A lot of like the it's I mean it's not like sports necessarily where it's like you know you start off on like the minor leagues and then work your way up to the majors or anything like that. But I mean, from a political from a from a career standpoint, you have to start somewhere. And for a lot of folks, it's you start at 
Right. I mean, the fact is most judges were prosecutors first. Yeah. They just are. There are some that come from private practice. There are some that come from criminal defense. Yeah. But the vast majority of judges start off as prosecutors. Yeah. And then they are appointed normally when a judge steps down or they run for election. Yep. And Or... Um, they have served in some other governmental capacity, school board, um, something, and then they run. Yeah. All right. And then you often start out in what I call as little court, (laughs) (laughs) technical name there. Um, That's municipal court. Hmm. And that's because disputes in municipal court are $15,000 or less. Hmm. Right. Mo- that's where your evictions happen. That's where most criminal cases are heard. Right. Um, because that's all your misdemeanors. That's all your little cases. Right, right. Not that they're not important. They are. It's just for the cost of litigating, for the cost of the risks, all of that, I just don't like to play in little court. Nope. I understand. There's not enough at risk to get me ready to fight. Right. There are other attorneys who are excellent at it. Right. Then you go up to the common pleas court. Yeah. So court of common pleas. And each state has a slightly different name for this. But for us, we have court of common pleas. Mm -hmm. Um, And the court of common pleas is really a dispute and controversy of $25,000 or more. Okay. Okay. And you're going, well, wait, there's $10,000 difference. Right, right. (laughs) What do we do? If you're over 15, you plead in court of common pleas but you just make the jurisdictional statement that there's $25,000 because a municipal court cannot enter a summary judgment of more than $15,000 it's beyond their jurisdiction so we have this gap it's weird but that's what it is so after that you have court of appeals Hmm. and then you have the supreme court And that's all divided into jurisdictions. So you do generally see judges start off in municipal court Hmm. and then grow up through the ranks. Right. Not always, though. We have a couple in Franklin County where we're at. Um, We have a couple newer judges that are fantastic. Yeah. They look like they're 12. (laughs) And they're in common pleas. But they are great. Yeah. They are brilliant. Right. And it's like, all right. Yeah. New blood on the bench is always a good thing, I think. It keeps things fresh. Um, So that's a good thing. But there is a way to work up. Likewise, in order to get to the federal level, most people or most of your congressmen Mm -hmm. start at a state or local level. Right. So, you know, you start out as, I'm the mayor of Gahanna, and then I go to state congress, and then I go to federal level congress. So. There is a hierarchy, and you do often see people work through the system because you have to start somewhere, and that builds up your credibility and reputation. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, local elections, they're important because that you could theoretically put the right people on sort of the long track, I guess. Right. That's the thing that I think most voters don't see is that you know that one decision today right you're voting for a judge and you are just randomly hitting names or you're hitting the name you recognize without knowing right that could be our future supreme court justice yeah um yeah 
that congressman that you just voted in who's on the House in your state. Yeah. That could one day be your president. Yeah. Um, typically, governors and senators run for president. But still, when you're starting out, if we take those lower elections seriously, we're setting up our country for more success. Right. As they develop through the ranks. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't look at it that way nope. as voters. Nope. We're, it, we're all a, focused on the high high level stuff. Well, and it's what can you do for me today? Right. Which is why, you know, you Congress, congressional acts are loaded with things that you're going, why are we doing this? Yeah. For a long time, they just wanted a brick and mortar building to point to. Look, I built this hospital. Yeah. Never mind that your city didn't need a hospital. Yeah. Because there's one next door, and really that money could have been used for any number of other things. Sure. But we like to see stuff. Yeah. So we have a responsibility as voters. If we're going to vote, let's take the time to know what we're doing and see the lasting impact. So the takeaway is be an informed voter. Right. You know, because being an informed voter will not just help in current elections, but in elections down the road that you haven't even thought are going to come up yet. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's not the most succinct and <laughs> beautiful way to have said that. But, no, but it's it's like you play the long game. You know, it's chess, basically. If you want to affect real change, vote often and know what you're voting for and vote on the years that it's, you know, not the popular thing to do. Right. And it's you know, we live in a country where we can get more people to turn out to vote for America's Got Talent yeah. um, than we can for an off-year election. Yeah. And those ha- that has much greater impact in our lives than whether or not the little girl with the banjo or whatever she sure. did won this year. She was good, though. She was really good with that banjo. Does she have? Was it really a banjo? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> I didn't watch I'm just, it. I'm just rolling with the joke. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but you know that that's an important thing. Um, and so you know my little soapbox here. Yeah. <laughs> Personal responsibility <laughs> in the uh, voting electorate would be very good thing. Yep. Nope. I think you're right. And we go back to the "don't be a jerk" rule. Yeah. Don't be a dick is how I put it. But yeah, that's, I don't like to say that. Yeah. So don't be a jerk. <laughs> Pay attention to what you're doing. Yep. All good thoughts. Right. So, all right. Off the political soapbox. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Um, I'm looking forward to your joke of the week. I'm sure it'll be insulting and thrilling as always. Maybe political in nature. Who knows? Um, But first, we have our housekeeping. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook. That is our primary landing page where you can comment, get news, or even suggest topics for a future episode. If you are already following us, thank you. We love you. You can also follow Boxland Media on Facebook as well. We do lots of things up to including putting out the fine print with Attorney Jen Route every week. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at the Almighty Ben. Uh, you cannot follow Jen on Twitter. Nope. Um, that's Sorry. not possible. She is not on it. I'm not. If you are new to the show, welcome. We hope you come back. If you like our show, we would really appreciate it. If you could take a few minutes out of your very busy day, head over to iTunes and rate and review us. It helps us out with our visibility on the world's largest podcast repository. 
And finally, we would like to thank all of you, our listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, uh, doing what you do, and, and continuing to keep coming back to the show week after week. We see the numbers. We really appreciate it, and it, it makes a difference to us. Uh, and it's why we keep doing it. So thank you for all of that. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't really think of another nice way to say that. Can you? No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but now we can have an insulting joke of the day. Yes. So, yes. Uh, Would you I'm like to hear this week's it. lawyer joke of the week, Jen? Ready. Okay. What is the difference between roadkill and a dead lawyer on the road? Uh, I don't know. There's generally skid marks in front of the roadkill. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and people speed up to run. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, wrong. so that's uh, so wrong. that's yeah, that's how I do it. Uh, uh, well, I'll tell you what, folks. Until next time, I'm Ben Needenthal. and I'm Attorney Jen Rout, reminding you, ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. This program is meant to be informative in nature and does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.